when a man is in the act of pursuing, that's when he is actively loving. See, that's the beauty of women and the love that women give in the world. We want to give the man that chance. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. Today I have a guest I'm excited to talk about because as you know, these are real life, love and relationship coaching conversations. And first I want to talk to you about a unique find that I found. Totally unique. 100% sustainable bow ties from TazTheTailor.com. This is so cool because if you're looking for a gift for your guy, you're thinking about a wedding, planning a wedding. Every piece is completely one of a kind, handmade in my neck of the woods, Brooklyn, New York. I'm just across the bridge of Manhattan. So handmade in Brooklyn, New York by designer Taz the Taylor. And I should say designed by Taz the Taylor, made from 100% recycled fabric, and they're actually handmade by refugee women from Bangladesh. This is just so cool. And I am really excited about the forever tie because the forever tie is the hem of the wedding dress is sewn into the bow tie along with the wedding date. So they take a little piece of your wedding dress hem and they sew it into the bow tie along with the wedding date. So it is a keepsake. So I really can't say enough about it. Go to TazTheTailor.com, and listeners of Make Him Wonder receive 10% off their total purchase by using a code FOREVER10 when checking out. So wedding packages are available for groomsmen as well. So check it out when you can. And I'll be talking soon about my destination wedding because I've decided to do a destination wedding. So I'm very excited about that. And that's happening in a couple of months. But for today, I want to get to my guest, who is Kate. And Kate is 48 years old. She's in a very new dating relationship with 53-year-old Mike. Kate wants to know what key characteristics or behaviors to look for when evaluating the long-term possibilities with this man, Mike, so that she doesn't end up in a relationship like she's had in the past. Kate also wants to know how to establish a bond with children when both people have children from previous marriages so that the relationship can be most successful. So hi there, Kate, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. Hi, Paula. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. I think this is a great situation and great 
scenario to be talking about because especially when children are involved in a dating relationship, it's really interesting to navigate, I would say. And I want to hear all about that. So give us some background, Kate. You're 48 years old. Have you been married before, divorced, your relative age of your children, etc.? Sure. Um, This was actually um, my second marriage that I'm recently divorced. Um, I originally got married when I was 31 and was married for about seven years, and we had one child together. Um, In that relationship, there was a pattern of betrayal on my husband's part, and we just couldn't make it work long-term, so we separated, stayed good friends, um, co-parented very well, And um, I stayed single for about three years before I I started dating again. And, um, you know, lo and behold, here's the online dating life. And Mm -hmm. um, I met my second husband on Match.com. And, um, you know, things were were great. Um, We had a great courtship. um, But the the complexity of both having children from um, previous marriages one thing that really suffered in our relationship long-term was that my son and him never bonded. Mm-hmm. They, um, there was a lot of stress um, in the household, you know, being that I had my son full-time and um, just a lot of pressure there. So we could not make that relationship successful, and it resulted in really my husband kind of pushing, pushing us out, so to speak, of his life emotionally and physically. Um, so that marriage ended, um, and now I'm single again. Um, I have been single for almost three years. Um, I spent most of the time really just making sure that my, my son was stable and things were good. He's now 13, and so I did recently uh, go back into the dating realm, if you will. And I did meet um, one gentleman who – and I – if I could, I'll, I'll back up. Um, I had read over the summer, read your book, Why Won't He Commit? I was very um, clear that I wanted to meet somebody, not necessarily a consumer. Uh, I wanted to meet somebody that would be interested in a long-term relationship, which that book was extremely helpful. So thank you. And mm-hmm. I, I have met, I'm, I've met Mike uh, maybe just a little over a month ago, so it's very new. Um, very, very nice man. Um, however, I'm, I'm questioning some things as in how do I identify a little bit earlier in this process um, some of those complexities when we both have children. So he has a 16-year-old daughter at home and I have a 13-year-old boy at home. And any long-term relationship I feel like needs to, you know, all those things need to come together and certainly not an easy thing to do. So I'm really looking for any, any advice you might have on how to better screen people, if you will, for you know, that long-term commitment that I would like to have um, in addition to being a mother. Got it. So, so thanks for that history. I have a couple of questions. When you were speaking, you said, I'm not necessarily looking for, I think you meant to say, Buyer, or I'm confused. Are you looking for a serious long-term relationship? Yes. Okay, great. 
And so you're looking for a buyer. Yes. Someone with the potential to be a buyer. Absolutely. Great. Because you know that I always speak about the fact that we women don't necessarily need to be married. In other words, when we're in a relationship, we're fully committed regardless. Through time and sex, we've bonded and we're committed and responsible to and sometimes for the man that we're in a relationship with. And we don't need to be married in order to be completely all in, faithful, committed, bonded, etc. But men do not work that way. And they work in the realm of, that's where hopefully the book was helpful to you by Puppy Principle. Want more information on anything you've heard discussed here today? Why won't he commit? How a man decides to make you the one is available at all major book retailers. Or grab an autographed copy of Coach Paula's groundbreaking bestseller at whywon'thecommit.com. It is like loving all puppies, but we have to be in a particular place, time, situation in our lives to actually take on the responsibility we see pet ownership as being. And that means we need to make a decision first then we need to follow through on that decision and then we're going to live up to that decision. And that is how men work in the realm of commitment. They first have to make a decision that they want to take on the responsibility of the pretty puppy that they are with. And that is for them responsibility for and two. So that's why they have to be in the state of being a buyer. And hopefully that is what was helpful to you in the book, delineating that, you know, all men can be good. Consumers are good men too. They are just not in a place, although they love pretty puppies, meaning us as the puppies, they love us all, but he may not be able to make that commitment of, quote-unquote, adopting, despite his love. So that's first and foremost in terms of evaluating whether or not you can make a long-term relationship with this man. And that's kind of tricky, because in the beginning, most all men present as possible buyers, so you're in the, in the really new stage, one month in. He could be showing you that he's absolutely all in and being a buyer because he's going right. to feel that way in the beginning. Men get very caught up when they find a puppy they like and want. if you're doing the strategies that allow him to pursue, the more you do that, the more he's going to be you know, really interested pursuing and showing you that he has the potential to be a buyer. Is that what is happening? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, one, yeah, one great example. Um, I have re- thought to reach out and text uh, a, a few times, and I literally have to sit on my hands. But if I wait, sure enough, then he will. And I think it's just letting him come to me that that proves out in in your theory all, all the time. Um, I think he needs that. Oh, there is no, you're absolutely right. There's no question. And I always say, um, when in doubt, 
wait him out. And even if you have to sit on your hands like that, it is a very, very good thing to do. Because when a man is in the act of pursuing, that's when he is actively loving. That's why I say that men love through wondering. Pursuit is wondering. It's all about that. Right. So that's why it works like a charm to actually raise a man up the scale from being a consumer to a buyer. Love alone is not enough to make a consumer into a buyer, but if the love is there and the woman does the strategies and approaches that allow him to get there, he can maybe overcome some of those other things that might not be perfect as yet, but he'll do so because he doesn't want to lose his pretty puppy. It sounds like you've got a lot from the book and are already enacting some of the approaches and strategies. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Wonderful. It's been a very helpful tool. <laughs> it's fantastic. Great. I love to hear that. Love it. So now you say it's been about a month. And right. tell me if you feel that you are most concerned about him or it's mostly that you have a, a background and experience and all manner of you know, successes and failures, but that it's mostly you're concerned because of what you have experienced in the past. I think that's exactly right. Um, I think my concern is that um, with my previous husband, I, there were some flags. And in retrospect, I, I think I looked over some things. I'm a lot more cautious these days. But in the beginning, when things are so new and everything's so wonderful, you tend to look past certain behaviors. And I'm afraid that I'm not going to see the real him. So I'm trying to just be a little bit smarter about how I go through this process before either one of us are fully invested. Um, I would say my prior husband, you know, he presented himself a certain way. And for a, for a long, for a year and a half, I would say, um, but it completely changed. And so anything I can do to have a better perspective going in, I'm very much open to. Great. So let's dive deep here in terms of what did you see when you first started dating? This was your second husband? Yes. Okay. When you first started dating him, how did he present? And then how did that change? And what did it change into? Um, it was... Uh, there was a lot of the superficial type things, I would say, like flowers and taking me out to nice restaurants and um, basically catering to me in a way, um, which I understand is, is pretty normal in the early stages. Um, he was also, ma you know, making a very big effort to have a relationship with my son. Um, what I did see early on that I dismissed somewhat was um, he did not want me having any conversations with my son's father. Um, 
I did catch him one time going through my computer. And um, then about, it, we were probably married maybe within the first six months, um, the, just any effort towards my son just completely stopped. And, you know, any of that, um, the superficial type things like flowers, all of that stopped. It was just, um, it needed to be his way. And if we, we, we didn't like it, you know, so be it. Um, it was just a complete change as far as effort. Um, and so I think you had mentioned on a previous podcast, which I thought was very interesting, was to really look at what they do and kind of look, you know, underneath the surface a little bit. Um, you know, are they volunteering or are they doing things? How are they living their life, actually? Maybe look a little deeper there. Are you ready to move forward with a man who's dragging his heels? If you're ready to be completely committed and experience what it's like to have your man coming to you to make things exclusive and move towards a formal commitment, connect with Coach Paula on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, or by simply taking one of our free relationship evaluations at willhecommit.com. I mean, I heard a couple of things that, because you had talked about previously with a question was how do I, in essence, vet someone so that I don't get into the same type of situation. And understandably with what you've just told me, with that kind of turnaround or about face with someone who was seemingly really wonderful, invested in your son, and then started you know, right away not being invested in your son and no longer doing anything to invest in the relationship. That must have been a really difficult time to kind of come to terms with that. Yes, they're extremely difficult. Heartbreaking. Yes. How old was your son at the time? Uh, He was 10. So um, he was seven when we met, so um, he was fairly young. I think um, a lot of the feedback he would give me was that my son didn't want a relationship with him, but mm. it, I really felt like he was the adult, and um, my son was more reacting off of what he was feeling than, um, than you know, being a seven-year-old trying to keep him at arm's length. It, it just didn't feel right. Sure, sure, and that makes so much sense. So when did you notice, if you think back, because this is really what it's going to be for you, when did you first notice signs that this man was not really comfortable with your first husband, meaning the father of your son, you interacting with him about your son and dealing with the necessary things that are going to be a part of any family you know, um, relationship in that sense. When did you start to see that? I definitely saw it before we got married. So it was in the dating relationship. Um, I would say probably after about six months, he corrected fairly quickly. So, you know, I, I tend to be a little bit independent um, because I have my own career and, and can 
function on my own, if you will. Um, I pushed back quite a bit, and he, you know, came around. But now when I look back, it was really just to keep the peace because after we were married, there was no negotiation, if that Mm. makes sense. Yeah, oh, yeah, it does. So six months into it, you see this happening. Did you have a conversation with him? And if so, what was that like? Or was it just little things here and there that you tried to make it kind of smooth it over? And just tell us how was that? What did that look well, like? Well, we did, we did have a, an argument about that. Um, it was um, one of the things with that relationship uh, that I didn't see till much later was that it was very often if we disagreed on something, I had no idea what we were really fighting about um, because there, he would throw so many different things my way that I was like trying to catch balls in the air. Like, and I'm very much a, um, I don't care for confrontation. So my, my, I go to, let me fix it. Let me smooth it out and let me make it okay for everybody. But it, there was always so much coming at me. I couldn't figure out what to fix. Um, uh-huh. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, a couple of things. When that occurs with anyone, you know that something is up. It is a red flag. Right. In other words, when any man or person in your life, regardless, when you're trying to make it about, well, first of all, when you're trying not to make it a fight, right, and they do, that's a big red flag. Also, if you're trying to stick to the topic and you cannot make head nor tail of where things are going and you've got that head spinning kind of thing, That is also a big red flag. And many times, and I'm not saying because I have no idea, but you have to be thinking about some kind of personality problem. And that can be something as simple as, you know, very high-level narcissism without insight. Many times that's the case. However, you know, there are definite there are definitely narcissists with insight, high, high level even, it's just to the degree that there is insight. So many times when someone is always putting the blame or making it very confusing to have any kind of negotiation vis-a-vis a relationship, that's when a red flag really needs to go up big time. Because as we know, in any kind of marriage or or long-term relationship, conflict will come up. Absolutely. Right? So so that's a big one. And especially when it's about something as serious as child raising, right? Right. So, So this was a red flag then. And you also stated that you're a peacemaker, kind of. Like, you like to smooth things over. You don't like conflict. Yes. Which a lot of people don't. Right? right? However, That's right. Um, we, can, we can really cheat ourselves. And if we have children, also cheat them in this way. In that, if we are more invested in making the peace 
than really making things clear and finding out what we need to find out to make a decision. We can really hurt ourselves through making the peace. Okay. Yeah. So if that's at all helpful in terms of, you know, this relationship going forward. That, because if you look back now, I would imagine that if you could change one thing, it's kind of right then and there that you might have changed something, right? That's right. Yeah. It's really hard, though, when you're in it, when your heart is in it and you feel like, because, see, that's the beauty of women and the love that women give in the world. We want to give the man that chance, right? We want to nurture it um, because here's, here's the thing that is happening always. There's no such thing as someone who is all good or all bad. There is no one on earth that is all good or all bad, right? Right, right. And the, the thing for us is that we see the good in whomever we're with and want to see that and want to nurture that part because we know if they stay with that part, we're going to have a great relationship with them. Right? In other words, all the good things that you saw, if they were... Uh, 90% and the bad stuff was only or the negative not bad is not really the word but just the not so good part was only 10% you can deal with that right right exactly and we work as women because we're the love in the world to kind of make that happen we see potential we you know that's in that's in our like lexicon you know Uh, women tend to marry potential and that can be a really slippery slope. It depends what that potential is about. But when we see, oh, you know, he's really got an anger issue, but there's potential for him. I've seen him be loving and caring and kind and supportive and well to what degree. Meaning if the anger is there and you're dealing with it all the time, right, it's always in degrees, it's always on a scale. So, and there are these tipping points like you're talking about. That time that you saw a couple of big red flags. So, for example, you said that he was never comfortable with your ex. Right. So, he was a father. There's, you see that how there's a disconnect there? Yes. Right. If he hadn't been a father, we might say, hmm, okay, we've got to teach this man, right, because we're the mechanics of a relationship. We need to keep it on the road. And we help them put all the parts together and know how the relationship car works the best. So say he had not been a father. It might have been the case where you have to teach him what that relationship is and where it has nothing to do with you and that, you know, you two are co-parenting and blah, blah, blah. It would take time to do that. But because he did have children or child, there really should have been a knowing for him that that's what you were doing. 
and that's what your ex was doing to be involved with his life. To what degree do you think he he understood that or how severe was his not allowing your ex to be part of anything vis-a-vis your son? It was it was pretty drastic. Um, it progressively got worse where um, I was, you know, he wasn't allowed to come to his birthday parties. Um, so I did, you know, birthday parties other ways. Um, even when he came to pick up my son, he wasn't allowed to come in the driveway. So it was very mm. um, adversarial, if you will. Um, and I just, you know, to a degree, I just wouldn't tolerate it for my son's sake. Ah, okay. Okay. So, again, hindsight being twenty twenty. How would you handle that now? I would have, I, I think initially up front, I would have established the, the expectations of what role my ex was going to play in my son's life so that we went in, in an agreement, you know, that he was going to be involved in his life. Um, I definitely, I think where a lot of the, difficulty came in was I felt like in a lot of ways I was choosing between the two and I feel like the marriage failed in in some ways because I didn't choose him oh it's so interesting I hear you putting blame on yourself for that when this really is what I'm hearing yeah is that there should never have to be that kind of choice. In other words, he put you in a situation where you felt you had to make that choice. And you see, if we really look at it from a, a macro level, be way above it, that no woman should ever have to choose between anything related to her children and a man. So, for example, we know that the best relationship you can have with an ex is a non-adversarial one whereby you simply co-parent. You've decided to divorce. You don't have the relationship you wanted to have, but that has nothing to do with your children. And you made it that way, both of you, thank goodness, for your children's sake. But this man did not have the maturity to deal with that. So he either inadvertently or outright covertly made you feel like you were making a choice. No, that is how it felt. And so when it feels like that, there is something not going to be good going forward. Because he, I'm hearing that he was simply not mature enough to handle what an adult, any adult, really there's an inner knowing that no one should be coming between any parent and child. And keeping the other parent from doing so. Ergo, you, meaning you. There is no, there should be no choice 
ever to be made. And he just wasn't able to handle what needed to be handled. So I'm not surprised that the marriage failed. I'm not surprised at all because he really was not capable of handling that. And especially given that he had his own child, he really, if he didn't get that vis-a-vis his own situation, there's really not a lot of hope of doing anything on your end to fix that. It has nothing to do with you. I see. Yeah. So I hope you don't uh, really think that it was anything, you, that you probably didn't have any other choice. And I do. I, when I look back now, I do think I made the right decision. Um, my son is in a better place. You know, he's happy. He's healthy. Things are good. Um, I, just, I think I made the best decision I could. Fantastic. So are you mostly concerned about this particular man or mostly looking at him under the lens of previous men? I don't feel like I'm bringing the, the baggage, if you will, into this as much as I just want to have my eyes open with him. And mm. when those, if red flags surface, that I see them clearly this time, I do think the experience will help with that because um, in my prior marriage, I had never been exposed to anybody like that before. So I don't know that I saw it coming so to speak. Um, But now I'm a little bit more informed about when I see a red flag. Um, So I want to give this new relationship every opportunity without bringing bringing the baggage into the relationship, but also make sure that I have my eyes open. That's, That's fantastic. So if we really look at it with a fine-tooth comb or go over it with a fine-tooth comb. Are there any things you're seeing now? Like, for example, you had mentioned with your ex that you found him going through your computer. That's a big breach of trust, right? So the, that would right. be, right, right, one, if you could look back and say, ah, you know, there, there's a red flag. Are there any things that you're seeing that you think, mm, I, maybe I should question that? I am not seeing it. Um, I honestly have not met anybody more easy to talk to, and I feel like already we can talk about anything. There's no judgment. There's no pretense. Um, it's been like that since the first conversation. I'm not exactly sure where he is in the dating process as far as is he in the consumer stage yet or, you know, the buyer stage, and I'm okay with that. Um, so I, I, it's too new for me to really say, but I have not seen those flags, fortunately. Okay. So if I were to ask you, what amount of time would you want to give yourself to see if there were red flags? I would say, yeah, I would say I, 
I would see something based on what I know now, um, I would see something within the first six months. Okay. So if I were to give you a coaching dispensation, <laughs> it would okay. be, right? It would be, okay, so you're going to really leave yourself alone with this, so to speak, and give yourself six months without putting any big pressure on yourself, right, to see. Mm -hmm. Because if you feel the pressure of time in that way, if all along the way you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, <laughs> you might actually create something, right, rather than, right, yeah, just let this go and as it may, Here's the thing. I'm hearing you are attuned to these things now. Yes. So when we're attuned to something, we don't have to look. Because the minute it happens, we're like ding, 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 ding. Because we're tuned to it. Right. So that's, that's what such I mean. a relief. Right? Yeah. That's what I mean about a coaching disposition. It's like, you know what? You, I'm not hearing that you're going into this with, uh, you know, stars in your eyes and uh, like someone who's not ever been hurt and like someone who doesn't have life experience um, or like somebody who hasn't suffered at the hands of someone, you know, like your ex. And even the difficulties you had in your first marriage with him not being faithful. So you've been through a lot. Yeah. You really have. So in other words, when a woman has been through a lot, she can really just allow any new man to present himself in his way, because she's so attuned to things, and let those things evolve. It's really not looking for them. What it is, is what you do if the bell goes off. That's really okay. the key. That takes, I would say, that takes a tremendous amount of pressure off to not look for problems where they may not exist, just be aware and be attuned to it. Exactly. Because if you, if you trust yourself in that, by looking back, you were very clear with me what those red flags were and what you would have done differently. If you could, very clear. And so something might be a little different, but what's not going to be different is a man at this juncture pushing you off your stance of knowing. That's been established. You've been through too much that you're not going to allow that again for yourself. That's what I'm hearing. That's so reassuring. 
great because I think if you feel very solid in that my intuition, my female knowing, my experience is going to allow me to see with my eyes wide open, it's really then what I do when or if I see something. That's what I think would be the key for you. In other words, if a red flag were to come up, it's addressing it then and there and what you do with it to establish your boundary and things that are an absolute deal breaker. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Great. I really think then that you will leave yourself alone for, like you said, you're, you're on a fact-finding mission in a way. That's what dating is. Right? It's a fact-finding mission. It's, right. I'm going to see who this person is. And when we're really solid in ourselves, then we allow things to unfold and we'll deal with the consequences. What I always say to everyone that I work with, all the women that I work with, we're, you know, I have my programs and we're, on our calls and we are talking about relationships and the men vis-a-vis each particular woman, right? But what it really is is that each woman is working on herself because we can't control anything that any particular man will come up with or show us or throw our way, what have you. We can't control any of that. But what we can control is what we'll do with it if it does come up. Right? Right. When we go into a relationship, any relationship, knowing these are my values, these are my deal breakers, these are my boundaries, we tend to find guys who will live up to those because you know why? We're not going why? to accept somebody who doesn't. And I hear that you're now in a state of, you know, here you're, you're, you're doing a really great thing. You're saying, I don't want something uh, that's not going to be really good to present itself in my life and especially in my son's life. If it's right. not, if it's not going to, uh, if I'm going to find out in a certain amount of time that there's something amiss, I want to know now. Here's the issue with that. You're, you're not going to know now from him because it's early on. But along the way, and that's why I said, what is your time frame with that? And yours is six months. I think that's a great amount of time. What I'm hearing in that is that within that time, if you see anything, whether it's six days from now, six weeks, or six months, you 
will do something about it rather than sweep it under the carpet. Absolutely right. And that's all that needs to happen. As long as you do that, you are golden with whomever you are going to be with. Because you set the tone for it, and he will either live up to that or not, but you have the knowing to know the difference. This has helped me really get great perspective, Paula. Thank you. I'm so, so glad. I I mean, that's really what it's all about. And I hear that you're on a great path, and now you've got to let it unfold. It is a bit of a marathon, not a sprint. I really think you hit the heart of where I was at in this process, just starting out, so to speak, but, you know, trying to leave that past behind and move forward in a better way. So I think you've really given me great perspective. Fantastic. Well, I'm so happy about that because it sounds like you are in a, you know, a month in, things are going well and you're having a wonderful time. This is the time to enjoy that and knowing that you will know when you know and then you know you will do something, that's all you need to know. And that's the beauty of it. That's great. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest today. And for everyone listening, I hope for everyone that what you do with a new person, think of it, everyone is an individual and everyone is a new possibility in your life. So you will take your knowing and move forward in your life from there and not have to look back, just be aware and look out and you will be fine. So thank you again for being a guest. Please take care of yourself and uh, hopefully let us know how it's going. Thank you so much, Paula. This has been great. So if you'd like to be a guest on Make Him Wonder, go to realcoachingconversations.com and fill out a brief questionnaire. You could be talking to me about the love in your life. Maybe it's the lack of a love in your life, finding a love through online dating and making the most of a relationship with someone who is showing you that he is truly invested in you. All manner of situations that we each have that are really interesting to talk about, just like today, just sometimes a new perspective on a situation can be seriously valuable. One conversation can open up our eyes to a new way of looking at something like Wayne Dwyer stated. Change the way you see things and the things you see change. It really is that. And that's what coaching is all about vis-a-vis relationship and dating coaching, doing the things that work best with men at the right time. And that's what we're talking about. That's what we did talk about today, that when we see something, we do something and nip something in the bud or realize that 
we can't nip it in the bud and we're not going to be able to continue get a fresh perspective in whatever way that's possible by stepping back taking time to yourself away from a man remember men don't relate via verbalization they relate via action so when we relate in kind when we step back when we talk less and step back ourselves a man can come forward many times with his energy and that can mean the difference between him making some real changes or not connect with me on any relationship issue or concern or challenge by going to realcoachingconversations.com fill out that questionnaire and we could be talking soon in the meantime don't forget you're with a man very important to make him wonder thank you for listening to make him wonder if you've benefited from today's conversation please subscribe and share Connect with Coach Paula at MakeHimWonder.com. There you can take several relationship evaluations, discover her books and other resources, and find out if one of her personalized coaching programs might be right for you.